Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast live from Edgbaston where... Uh, anyone who's still at this ground, and you might be able to pick them up, is steaming drunk. It's uh, just about 10 minutes after the close of play. Rory Burns is just doing some media. We'll hear a little bit from him later on in the show. And uh, it's been quite a day. So thanks for joining us. You're listening to myself, John Norman, Jared Kimber. It's the following on podcast, and it's from TalkSport. So, Jared Kimber, day two, and it offered pretty much the same as day one in terms of intrigue, incident, and poor umpiring. Well, if you don't say Rory Burns, uh, then uh, I'm not sure we're ever going to talk again because uh, the Surrey man did uh, what he threatened to do in Bridgetown, and he, uh, he, he saw through very tricky spells. He had a little bit of luck earlier on, but at the end of the day, as your piece that you've written suggests, Rory Burns is finally a cricketer. I mean, a little bit of luck, a little bit. Uh, he was out of control, uh, and control stats are a little bit of a junk stat, but he basically didn't put the ball where he wanted to put the ball over 60 times. He was five times luckier than an average cricketer in this innings. Now, part of that comes down to his incredible skill because he's that kind of cockroachy player, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that, How could it be a bad way? Yeah, I mean that completely in a brilliant way, in that he knows how to play and miss more than other batsmen, which most openers do. He knows how to nudge the ball on the leg side when he's actually trying to hit it to the offside. He knows how to survive. But even by Rory Burns' standards, even by Alistair Cook's standards, that was an incredibly, startlingly bizarre, lucky innings. And you've almost got to admire it, except for the fact that we had to sit through it. 
um, which doesn't always uh, go hand in hand. Hey, we had to sit through Steve Smith yesterday. Well, I, I was about to say, the one difference between Smith and Burns is they're both incredibly unorthodox players, and I respect everyone who's unorthodox who makes it to the top of Test cricket because everyone tells you, oh, you've got to play the right way, you've got to play the right way, and then guys like Smith and Burns are like, no, we're, we're going to play our own way, and I respect that. The only difference is that Smith is completely unorthodox, and he hits the ball in areas that he wants to hit them in, which normal batsmen wouldn't, whereas Burns is trying to hit the ball in areas that normal batsmen do and accidentally hitting it in another area and getting away with it which is what the innings was today. But the ability to stick through in innings like that when you know that the next ball you're probably going to miss by nine inches. I mean, I think after he made his 100, he tried to cover drive a ball and almost fell over. The ability to block that out every ball and go back and continue to bat, I have nothing but admiration for. I'm just not sure how anyone could be that lucky and make 100. But good on him. I tell you what, if he was Sri Lankan, we'd watch that and say, oh... English coaches would have coached that technique out of him, wouldn't they? Uh, the other thing is, if you look at his pitch map about where he scored all over the over the pitch, it's quite bizarre because he seems to get himself into a tangle when he tries to hit straight down the ground, which is no surprise when you consider where his bat's coming from. But in terms of the amount of runs he actually scores, there's very few in the V. He is essentially the complete opposite of what we ask of cricketers, i.e. he plays everywhere but the V. But you almost think to yourself, if you don't score runs in that part of the field anyway, why are you even trying with that shot? Yeah, it's, it's very fair. He, he plays in the anti-V. Um, the opposite V, I don't know. What's an opposite V? I think it's a, a lowercase n. Yeah, or it's an A without the middle bit. Um, capital A without the middle bit. Anyway, I think we've gone on too much about that. But yeah, I, I, look, he's a very interesting player. Um, looking at the control stats again today, one thing that is that I do trust from them 100% is the fact that he was scoring much higher rates when he was out of control than he was in control, which tells you how many runs he got from edges, um, how many runs he got uh, you know, from flicking the ball from middle and off stump just past leg bail and, and those sorts of things, or edging the ball through the legs of, uh, of Tim Payne. You don't see that very much, but, but that's kind of where he always scores. So at a certain point, it's not so much out of control as he's almost permanently out of control, and he finds a way to, to do it. It's, I've already said it, cockroach. But, you know, I, who doesn't appreciate the cockroach are going to outlive us all? Story of the day then, Jared. Um, what are we talking about? Over 60? Uh, not in terms of uh, the OAPs in the crowd, but in terms of the ball being changed, Rory Burns going past 100, or Tim Payne's captaincy, which at times left me a little bit baffled. Yeah, I think all those are interesting. I think the main story of the day is that Australia bowled very, very well um, and just didn't break through. I think if they'd broken through, in any, uh, they probably had three or four key sessions where they were completely on top and they couldn't break through. And you have to give uh, credit to Burns and Stokes um, and Root, who all, who all you know, survived it and, you know, Root and Stokes probably batted better than, than Burns, realistically, but they all managed to survive it when they did. And Australia stuck at their task. I mean, Cummins is probably the only guy who was massively, um, uh, you know, not bowling well today. But I thought that the rest of the Australian bowling kept at their task. And I felt at any stage they could have taken a wicket and run through them, especially with Pattinson. And it just never happened. And you, you, you've got to say that that's, you know, England England has done well in that case. And it's not like you've got Denley at four and Butler at five. There was a couple of moments where you're like, oh, my God, Australia could completely blitz here. And they didn't. So you have to give England massive amount of credit for that. But you also have to say that I don't think Australia ever completely let them off the hook. Although I do agree with you. There was some bizarre captaincy from Tim Payne. My ball of the day was uh, the first ball of the 61st over, where after seeing no swing all day, and I think Crickviz came up with a stat that on average, uh, Pattinson had managed to get 0.1% degree swing. Uh, for the next two overs, 
he bowled, and the same was true of both uh, Cummins and Siddle. The ball was swinging 2%. So that was a marked difference from what had gone on before. And what it did, it just completely turned the game on its head. Uh, the period, as anyone will know, unless it's spinning and ragging wildly, over 60 to 80, usually belong to the batsman. That was not the case. And actually, it was a bit of a surprise when Nathan uh, Lyon was brought into the attack at the expense of one of the seamers who was making, finally, the ball really move around and causing a hell of a lot of disquiet. Yeah, I think twice, I mean, this has nothing to do with the ball today, but I think twice Tim Payne made a mistake with Nathan Lyon. The first time was he took him off when Rory Burns looked like he'd never seen offspin before. And the second time was, and I reckon this is a match-up thing, Stokes is not very good at offspin. Burns was not very good most of the day against offspin, so he brought the offie back on. But ball of the day, I got two. Um, Pattinson to Root, uh, when he beat him by six to eight inches. I've never seen, it's very rare you see a, a batsman as good as Root, one of the best in the best five in the world, beaten by such a distance. And even Root turned around as if to go, what was that? And the other one was the one where he bowled Root and the bails didn't come off, which was such an incredible, it all, it's one of those balls where you go, he probably should have just got the wicket because it's so good. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it, it, was, it was incredible. But those two balls, I mean, Pattinson bowled a bunch of them today. I think I gave him ball of the day yesterday for a warm-up ball. The man bowls some just incredibly, disgustingly good deliveries. Shot of the day. So my shot of the day took place in the over before lunch. It had really no bearing on the match at all. But Joe Denley, new to the crease, um, just uh, eased his way into one of those cover drives that we associate with James Vince. And uh, the longer Joe Denley's career goes on, he's not getting out in the same way as James Vince. But the timing was there, the ball raced to the boundary. And the over before tee, when you're a new batsman, and you're an inexperienced one as well, is usually an over to just kind of like see yourself out. Uh, beautiful shot, promised a lot, but unfortunately for Joe Denley, uh, promises, we're all, we're all sold promises that don't come true. I feel that every time I, you ask me uh, on air, really. But uh, no, mine was, um, was an incredible shot by Joe Root when uh, Nathan Lyon was coming around the wicket and he moved across the stumps. He knew the line, where the line of the ball was going to be. He knew exactly where the field was and he played a leg glance from a ball pitched around middle stump that straightened a little bit. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant cricket. But let's be honest, the real shot of the day was probably an edge of, <laughs> of, of Rory Burns. I'm going to go with there was one that went just past third slip that I particularly appreciated but maybe the one after he made 100 that went bottom edge that dribbled through Tim Payne's legs I don't know but but no the, the um Joe Roo shot to Nathan Lyon I mean it just it made it look wrong it, it, what an incredible game cricket is because Joe Root wasn't exactly in magical Joe Root form today but he certainly looked a better player than, than Rory Burns and looked in better touch than than Rory Burns as well and yet and yet he still managed to go out between 50 and 100 because that's what he does um, and the bloke at the other end, and it was a fair catch too from Peter Siddle, and the bloke at the other end just continues to struggle on. Um, maybe that says a lot more about life. I don't. Maybe it says a lot about our life, your life in particular. I don't know. Well, Rory Burns, he plays some ugly cricket. I wonder if he says some ugly things. You know what, I was actually quite calm throughout it. I was just trying to wait for a ball that was really in my area, just, uh, you know, nudge it in a gap and get going and back my, uh, back my sprinting. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. You were talking to Joe. You seem to be talking to Joe Root. What, what were the conversations about? Um, just, just to stay quite present, really. You know, it wasn't an easy wicket scoring. It's quite an attritional wicket in terms of how slow it is, and it's, you know, it's always offered something. But at the same time, it's it's not done a great deal. Um, but you know, we're just trying to stay present, take it ball by ball, and build a big partnership. You know what? I actually just enjoyed it getting in amongst it. You know. Pat Cummins obviously a wonderful bowler. I faced Peter Siddle before in, in, in county cricket, which was nice. And uh, 
Jimmy Patterson I'd never had him so I was more just backing you know my instincts and, and playing what I saw so <laughs> there we go Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option I never really was a salad guy that's just not who I am but Noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to Visit barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Rant of the day. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right in here because this, this is the thing. Do you want to just hold the mic and I'll walk off, I'll get us a couple of beers, maybe a hot dog, come back, you'll still be going. I'll go off again and then, you know... Your wife will call you. She'll be saying, you need to get back to the hotel. Yeah. And then I'll stop. Or should we, should, do you want to just do this? Look, I can keep this under 30 hours. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so let's start here. What we do, so there's two two problems. Either you're going to say that that was a horrible innings by Rory Burns. and you're going to Which say, you have quite forcefully. Yeah. No, no, but, but, but there's two ways that we go about an innings like this. And this is what annoys me. We're either going to go, okay, it was completely lucky. He should never have made a run today. He should have gone out a million times. He should have been out LBW and Australia forgot to refer. Blah, 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 blah. Or we go the other way and we go, oh, didn't he grit it out, right? Oh, didn't he grit it out? He made the most of his luck. And realistically, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And almost no one's going to go with it. Everyone's going to go on one side or the other. And that's what really annoys me about cricket. I remember there was a T20 game years ago where Moses Enriquez got man of the match. 
and he was dropped three times on the way to 60 off 35 balls. And my, my bo I wrote this report. My boss is like, you, you can't say that you don't know um, how to judge a, ga a game of cricket. That's your job. And I was like, but sometimes we don't know how to judge it. And that's going to be my rant today. It's not that I don't see why you can't write either of those particular pieces. or how, how, Forget the writers, because writers are all terrible human beings, um, unlike uh, podcast hosts, which are brilliant. But... But, but, but even as fans, I can understand why you're going to do that, but there's so much nuance and there's so much we don't understand about this game. And there's so much, the, the truth is that if Burns had continued, continues to bat like this in normal innings, he probably will never make another Test 100. But also at the same time, you have to admire the fact that he continued to bat that way, even though he knew that he couldn't get near each ball. So I, I think that's where the truth is, and I just feel that people aren't going to do that. So I'm doing my rant ahead of time based on the, the opinions that I think that the Uber driver is going to tell me when I get in the car, where he's going, bit lucky, wasn't he? Or he's going to go, didn't he tough it out? So this is for the Uber driver who may or may not exist. In fact, my Uber driver said yesterday, who plays in the Ashes? I tell you what, my rant of the day, it would just be a mini one, and it's off the back of what you were saying. And it's about Steve Smith's innings yesterday, because we were both full of praise for that innings. It was a brilliant innings of cricket. But the narrative surrounding that innings really has to wait till the end of the Test match. Context is everything. And in exactly the same way that when Ben Stokes hit 200 in about 20 minutes at Cape Town, and we were all saying this is the best innings I've ever seen, at the end of the Test match, we were saying, boy, was that a flat pitch. Now, at the end of this Test match, if England win this Test by seven wickets, what we're going to say is that was a nine out of ten innings by Smith, but that pitch was not a 284 all out pitch, and Australia batted poorly. If, of course, Australia win this Test match because of that innings, then we say that is one of the best innings of all time when you consider what was happening around him and how the match progressed. And that is pretty much what you're saying about birds. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think 100%, I, and I wrote about this yesterday because I was so interested by this sort of concept that we basically fit the narrative in. So if, if, if Burns goes on and makes 200 here, right, and England, Skittle, Australia, then the narrative of this test is always going to be how great Burns was. But there is, in, there is in no way that Burns' 100 was better than, than Smith's. Um, I thought England bowled as good as Australia in slightly more helpful conditions I mean I'm not that's not uh, letting the other Australian batsman off the hook or anything but I, and it's not slagging off Burns either because what he did for someone of his talent considering the way he was seeing the ball I still think is a phenomenal effort but I'm pretty sure that Smith is, is going to play the better innings any, either way and we are going to do what we like to, what I like to call and what analysts like to call result spice where we're going to fit the narrative around that rather than the other way but basically I think what we're saying and I don't want to speak for you too much here, but I'm pretty sure what we're saying is that one way or another, we're going to be right and everyone else is going to be wrong. Or another way of saying it is that history is written by the winners. No, no, I think I like the first one. But we are winners. Oh, OK. Yeah, we are winners. Yeah, we are. Uh, well, I think we pretty much covered this. Unluckiest of the day, anybody who smashes off stump and sees the batsman stay there, despite being given out caught behind, uh, can probably be call, call themselves pretty unlucky. Yeah, I mean, James Pattinson bowled incredible today. Did I, I think that overall, I still think maybe England bowled better than Australia um, over the, the first two days of this match. But Pattinson's probably still the best bowler that I've seen in this match so far. Um, I, and I'll look, I've thought that for ages. Um, uh, I've always thought he's an incredible bowler. But today, I, I thought he was brilliant. He's fast, he's accurate, he moves the ball, um, he makes you play. He does all the things that you want someone to do. Um, and he took, what, two wickets? And, you know, I, I thought Wokes bowled very well yesterday, but I'm not sure he bowled anywhere near as consistently well as, as what Pattinson did today. But, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's cricket. That's, that's, uh, that's, well, it's just unlucky, I think. It is unlucky, but also there was another moment, maybe this should have been in the rant, but... 
the ball change just showed just how irrelevant bowling well or batting badly is. The ball changed and suddenly it was easier to bowl. They weren't bowling any better. The ball was just moving. And it just shows just another kind of like archaic aspect to this crazy mad maddening game. Well, the one thing I like about the ball change is I like the fact that they managed to find a ball that had been pre-reverse swing tampered with. Um, I mean, it may have been normal swing, but it was an old ball, and it was like, you know, maybe it was the end of a counting game or something or another test match, and someone's like, they've just got the ball to reverse, and then they've taken the last wickets and come off, and then Pattinson's, you know, I think it was Pattinson or Siddle, has looked in there and gone, hey, we don't have to touch this one, it's all ready to go. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I think... I think they bowled well enough that they not earned that right, but had they had they let the pressure off, so England were batting at less than three and over at that point, which meant that once the ball started moving, is that right? 185 for two after 60 over, so three and over, almost yeah. bang on. Yeah, and so they never let England get away, even when the ball wasn't doing a lot, and Siddle was obviously a huge part of that, and Lyon and Pattinson. It was really only Cummins, I think, who was, as I said earlier, was a bit loose. So I think they kind of earned it, but they probably didn't earn I was at that first full toss that he had that Pattinson yeah. bowled that just went like a... a <laughs> It literally went like a boomerang, and I could say that. You can't say that because... Uh, uh, That's know. racial yeah, yeah. stereotyping. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, you, you can't say that, but I can say it went like a boomerang because it went like a boomerang, and uh, that was a bit a bizarre moment where the game changed a little bit. But, but in general, I, I think that they did bowl very well all the way through, and then, as you said, they got their magical mystery ball. Uh, without doubt, my life out loud moment of the day didn't occur on the field. It occurred in the press box where myself and Guy Swindles have sat for the best part of nine hours in sweltering, non-air-conditioned misery uh, watching uh, this test match. I'm not asking for anybody to feel sorry for, for me, but my life out loud moment of the day was when I mistakenly thought that uh, Guy had finished his cup of coffee. He wasn't aware of this at the time. So I put my used tea bag in his coffee. Then cut to 10 minutes later. <laughs> and as I'm walking out, <laughs> Guy is looking um, suspiciously into his coffee cup and then fishes out said tea, tea bag. Anyway, we didn't come to blows, as you can imagine, but it's still making me laugh now. How did it taste? Well, thankfully, he didn't actually drink said coffee. But, you know, me and Guy spend a lot of time with each other. We're like cellmates. It could have uh, it could have sparked a brawl, prison brawl. Thankfully, he saw the funny side. I'm sorry to bring this back to on field uh, and and not. It's not even a press box seat you're talking about because you two aren't even in the press box. As you said, you're in this like shoe box, really more than anything. Um, but I, I'm going to talk about when uh, Joe uh, uh, Joe Roots looked back at James Pattinson when it when it was apparent that the ball had flicked the bail. Uh, no, sorry, not flicked the bail. Flicked the off stump quite hard. Off stump shook around a little bit, and those uh, incredibly heavy bails again won't don't seem to come off and but the look it was the return of the cheeky chappy by root wasn't it to look back and sort of giggle at the big fast bowler and say oh that was a bit lucky wasn't it um i really i did like that 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 was that was a nice moment uh in the day i, I but there were a few times when it was i think it got to a point where it was quite funny for rory burns as well that you know to continue to miss time the ball i think the one through tim payne's legs at the end was one where there's a certain point where I was just like, I'll oh, just get out. You're being silly here. But at that point, I was like, I hope you don't go. I now want you to be not out at the end of play. You, you've, whatever you've done to get this kind of magical run, you just continue with it, Rory. My mistake of the day it comes down to Tim Payne's captaincy. I thought it was a little odd. <laughs> you know, we've all seen captains um, move a slip into the cordon after an edge has gone through it. He did that. Uh, we've all seen uh, captains 
position a fielder on the leg side after a, a chance has lobbed up into the outfield and nobody there to take it. Tim Payne did that today. But taking Nathan Lyon off, uh, off after he bowled three overs to Rory Burns was great for Rory Burns. And then later in the piece, bringing Nathan Lyon back on when the ball was hooping around the corners, um, again, was a little bit odd. And then to delay the new ball by an over and then to bring Nathan Lyon and Peter Siddle back after four overs of the new ball, again, I just thought it was a little bit odd. Yeah, he, ch- he chased the ball, which I think was your first thing at times. So, you know, I remember at one stage, Burns got this odd edge off, off uh, Lyon, which flew up. Yeah. Yeah. And straight away, he moved the field, and I was just like, oh, that's, you know, that's too obvious. And, and he did that over and over and over again. And the bowling changes, we'd already talked about them early on. I, I completely agree. And at the end, yeah, having Siddle in um, a Lyon bowl, I, I, I don't know. It, I thought the bowlers did quite well. I'm not sure Payne was completely on top of his game. Also, at times, Warner and Smith were moving the field around, which I found very, very interesting. Um, There was a moment, I don't know if you saw it, I'm sure you did. Peter Sidder was bowling. He had two slips in, Warner and Smith, and Kawaja was kind of a roving four slip, kind of a gully position. Siddle told Kawaja to move closer to Smith. Smith told him to move back to where he comes from. Yeah, I saw a deep backward square leg as well. And like Warner was at first slip, so he's next to Payne. And he was going crazy to get his fielder. And Payne was not watching. And I wasn't, maybe Payne, Warner's probably louder than Payne. So maybe it, was, it could have been something to do with that. But there was a couple of times where I was just a bit like, that's weird. Um, but, you know, that's not the mistake of the day. That's the subplot of the day. Moment of the day. How can it be anything other than Rory Burns taking on the throw at mid-on and uh, reaching three figures. It was an ugly innings, uh, but you know what? So was most of Steve Smith's first two, three years in Test cricket. So who's to know? Maybe um, uh, Rory Burns is going to end up being a number eight uh, leg spinner in about and the best that we've ever seen since Shane Warne. I don't know, but it was brilliant. And, you know, after that Ireland test, and this goes back to what you were complaining about, about the narrative of the lack of proper application when it comes to batting um, which we saw two teams skittled out for under 100 to see a bit of a, a throwback of an innings from Rory Burns uh, beaten outside the edge on numerous occasions it was ugly throughout but you know what he just carried on going and you can't help but uh, from an English perspective uh, celebrate only the fifth century from an English opening in an innings in a hundred innings of test cricket yeah, and I think it was, if nothing else, a very good day of Test cricket. And, and you know, we we call these old-fashioned days because there isn't a million wickets and teams don't score at four runs and over. But it was quite gripping. It felt like at any stage Australia could get on top, or at any stage England would pull away. And yet neither team has quite done that. Even even now, I think you could see Pattinson or. Um, Cummins running through England, I think, and you know England should end up with a lead now, but they might not end up with a massive lead. So it kept us engaged all day, and it was very gripping. Um, and you had to love that. And Burns was a huge part of that. You know, I'm pretty sure there's old grainy Pathé footage of him playing the exact same image in 1920. He's basically a time traveller, is what I'm saying. Brilliant stuff. Jared will be back at the end of day three. It's uh, the weather is. Uh, forecast to set in a little bit so you know that might make batting a little bit more difficult again Aussies you would have thought will begin their second innings at some point on day three England will be hoping for a first innings lead of around 100 to 150 what will happen who knows Uh, what I do know is that you've been listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport download or subscribe at Acast or iTunes and uh, if you don't want to do that just uh, tune in tomorrow 
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 